Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. The Old Testament lesson for today comes from Daniel, the seventh chapter, verses 13 and 14. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. 
He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worship him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. The epistle lesson is from Revelations chapter 1, beginning at verse 4. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is, and who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother, and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Please stand for the Alleluia and the Gospel. according to St. John, the 18th chapter. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus said, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied? It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews, but now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. And Jesus answered, you are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this very reason I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. This is the gospel of the Lord.
May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Text for the message comes from our reading from the book of Revelation. Let's pray. O Lord, you reign, robed in majesty over all that was and is and will be. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And as we wait for your triumphant return, keep us steadfast in that one true faith and lead us to live lives that reflect your presence so that you may work through us as you save others by snatching them from the fire. And as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our maker and our redeemer. Amen. In our reading today, we heard to John, John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. And at the end of the reading, we heard, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. It's our text. I recently saw an, an article online that uh, talked about just like the busyness of our lives. Uh, and ask the question, what are some of the factors that make our lives so busy? And a company asked uh, customers what makes them, what makes life feel too busy, and, and more than 6,000 replied with their thoughts, and often citing things like uh, uh, work-related work reasons, and uh, work stresses, and deadlines, and projects, and managing staff, and working extra hours, or long hours, and how that, how that flow impacts the rest of their lives. Uh, but these were some of the top reasons when, uh, why they say life feels so busy. 22% uh, said work, 20% uh, said a, a poor organization, 17% uh, said things happening at the same time, like a bunch of things, 16% uh, managing unforeseen circumstances, 12% a family member being ill, 11% being Ill, Ill themselves, 11% uh, a busy lifestyle, and 9% and a lack of work balance. And then there were, uh, toward the bottom of the list, there were like not enough time, stressful situations, project deadlines, and working overtime. We live busy lives, don't we? I mean, I venture a guess that in the midst of busyness, you probably thought or wondered uh, what in the world, what it would be like if you were able to be in two different places at the same time, right? Yeah, it'd be nice. Uh, I think that people, uh, I think there are people who already think that we have that ability, and that's probably the kids, right? Uh, kids want their parents to do two things at the same time. They want to help them, uh, help them with their homework and also cook dinner at the same time, or, or to be at a sports game and be at a band concert at the same time, and you can't do it. To be both here and there, simultaneously would be pretty cool, but it can't happen. Uh, and I wanna, they, those words here and there indicate our location, don't they? You are sitting here in church today, right? When you could maybe be there 
lying on a beach somewhere. <laughs> uh, it might happen that our bodies are, the, are here in the church. Our minds are there, aren't they? Uh, and it's impossible, though, for both body and mind to be in the, uh, here and there at the same time. And if something comes up and you have to go, go and do something, you have to leave here and go there. Now, we might like to imagine what it would be like uh, to suspend the laws of physics and sort of collapse time and space between here and there and, and be in those two places at the same time, because that would enable you to uh, go ahead and do some unpleasant task here, at the same time be there in another place. Uh, enjoying that, that time on the beach or, or uh, enjoying a walk somewhere or having coffee with a friend. And I want to explore that idea today. Explore the idea of possibility of being in two places at the same time, not in a bodily sense because that's impossible, right? But uh, I want to think about this in the way that the Bible does. Uh, first look at the book of Revelation and note how it opens. John says he's really in two places, isn't he? I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Christ was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And on the Lord's day, I was in the spirit and heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Now, why is John on the island of Patmos? Well, he's there because he's, he's suffering persecution by those who want to stamp out Christianity. He's in a difficult place in his life. He's on this little tiny, volcanic, rocky island in the Aegean Sea, which in the Roman days was a dreaded island prison, a terrible place for political troublemakers. And when you were sent to the island of Patmos, it was just a one-way ticket. That was it. Most likely a place of hard labor. Prisoners never expected to get back to the mainland. But Patmos was more than just an island prison for John because it meant uh, separation, separation from, from his fellow Christians who, who he knew were suffering for their faith. And I'm sure that he wanted to be there. He wanted to encourage them and, and keep them strong in the face of such fierce opposition. He was trapped on the island feeling helpless. Now we could look at the island of Patmos not only as a geographical location, but also as any place or time that we might find ourselves trapped or in prison. Now take the disciples on that Sunday evening uh, together behind locked doors. I mean, it's not the locked doors that had them trapped in prison and in prison. It was fear, wasn't it? Uh, and uncertainty and confusion. John tells us they were afraid of the Jewish authorities. That's why they were there behind locked doors. They wondered if, if they were the ones that would be next, if they would be hauled in before the courts and treated like Jesus. What will happen to them now that Jesus was gone? They were trapped in the room with so much fear and, that, uh, and they would have preferred to be anywhere else than here, right? Perhaps there. Right? They'd love to be back there fishing again, or maybe there uh, with their families, but not here in a locked room with fear. They were in their own prison, their own island of Patmos, if you will, where hopelessness seemed to be the thought of the day. It's possible that there is someone here today that is also on his or her own island of Patmos. Somehow life has given you that one-way ticket, right, and has trapped you. 
Uh, and, there, and there's nothing more soul-destroying or depressing than to believe that you're all alone. Uh, the, uh, that no one understands you, that, that you're trapped, that you're caught up in some kind of prison and you can't see your way out. And it doesn't matter whether it's a prison of your own making or, or one that others uh, put you in. The feelings are the same, aren't they? And so John is here on this island, a, pris a prison banished there by the emperor. And he's far from home, far from his loved ones and his friends. But is he languishing in hopelessness? Not at all. John states up front that he is on a horrible island and he declares, on the Lord's day I was in the spirit and heard behind me a vo loud voice like a trumpet. What follows then is what, we, is, is what we have in the book of Revelation. On the day of worship, John was here, right? In prison on Patmos. But he was also there where time and space and heaven and earth meet. John was here on Patmos, but at the same time he was able to transcend time and space and spirit, took control of him, and he was able to be there, right? To, to see the glorified king of heaven and hear him say to his imprisoned people, do not be afraid, I am the first and the last. I am the living one, I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever. I hold the keys of death and Hades. John was on Patmos, right, here. But at the same time, he was able to be there and look into the window of heaven, sort of like what we did a couple of weeks ago with All Saints Day, and see the troubled and persecuted gathered around the throne of the Lamb, all dressed in white with palm branches in their hands, praising God for the salvation he has brought to all people and for the protection that he offers everyone. We heard it, never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb, Jesus, at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So is it possible to be in two places at the same time? Well, John was. He was on Patmos, but also in the Spirit lifted him uh, above all that being a prisoner entailed. He was able to see the greater picture of his place in the arms of the Almighty, the one who declared, I'm the first and the last. I'm the one who, who, who was and who is and who is to come. The disciples in that room with locked doors, they were filled with fear when Jesus suddenly appeared and stood in the middle, uh, in the midst of them and said, peace be with you. We're told the disciples were filled then with joy as they saw the Lord. Did that mean that their lives were no longer in danger? Did that mean that the fear of suffering or standing up for Jesus was completely eliminated? No, not at all. They were like John in the spirit. They were here in that locked room where there was fear, but in the spirit they were lifted above that and they were there. They were there at peace with the presence of the living Lord the lamb who takes away all the fear in that presence. John hears in his heavenly vision, he will protect them with his presence. I read a story from a pastor that talked about a man in the, the congregation that suddenly died of a heart attack and, 
And it was really a shock to everyone in the church because it was worship where they worshiped and especially to his, his spouse, his wife. And, and uh, one moment here, healthy and, and normal, and then boom, gone in an instant. And, and at the funeral, the man's wife had this unusual air of peace about her. Everyone knew how much she was grieving that loss, and so they were. They were asked. They were. They had a lot of questions. You know, is she in denial? Is she uh, having a breakdown of some sort? Uh, I mean, it was later the widow described what was happening to her as the funeral progressed, and she put it this way: She said, "I sat there in my grief, and I thought about the life that we had together." all the memories we shared, all the fun times. I remembered the faith we shared and, and, that, and that when this life was over, we would be taken into God's presence were all the good things that will surpass all that we've experienced here. I was transported out of despair and hopelessness and felt gratitude and peace instead of overwhelming grief. I thought it was interesting she used the word transported, right? She had been taken there there by the Spirit out of the plate, one place into another place. She was here, but also there. Well, what about you and me? What does this have to say to us in the circumstances in which we find ourselves? As I said earlier, at some time, if not right now, some of us may find ourselves on our own island of Patmos, right? Uh, in our own locked room, something or some set of circumstances or something that has gone out of control has, has put us here, right, in a bad place, in a, a place we don't want to be, a place that, that is going to get us down because it worries us, it causes us to be anxious and depresses us. It might be that we feel alone because no one else feels this as much as we do. We might be say it might be something that that has been brought on us by our own sinfulness, temptation that's gotten out of control, a addiction that we can't shake, a, a personal weakness, a sin we can't let go of, or it might be something that has come completely out of the blue. I mean, we have no say uh, uh, whether we get involved or not. It's it's we're there. Whatever it is that traps and imprisons us here. The resurrected Jesus has come to set us free. He's able to lift us up above all here and transport us in the spirit using John's words to see things there in his presence and, and to see that those things in his presence aren't as out of control as we think they might be. Nothing is out of control of the one who says, I am the first and the last who was, who is, and who is to come. Nothing is outside of the control of the ruler and the king of the universe, the one who loves us and died for us, who freed us from everything that wants to kill us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. John starts the revelation with a greeting, writing to people that are persecuted and hurting for their faith in Jesus. Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth. My dear friends in Christ, those aren't just pious words. It's just not a nice way to start a religious letter or even a sermon. He says those words to you and me today, grace and peace, he says, are yours through Jesus. You are raised up above what is happening here and now. 
by Jesus' words of promise in his word, you have his love and his presence. In bread and wine, you are reassured of whatever happens in the Lord, the strength to endure, the courage to face all things will fill your heart. And so well, may our good and gracious, forgiving and sustaining, supporting, encouraging, and loving God bless you with the knowledge of your life there in his presence in order to help you live your life here in his name. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening. <laughs>